0: Welcome back to Stay in Your Lane. I'm your host, John Maley, brought to you by Triple T Transport. Love having him on, everybody. Big round of applause. I, I, I believe that uh, Dan North is, is one of my favorites. So uh, Dan uh, is going to speak to us about what what he's seeing in the economy, what we need to watch for. Dan's ability to convey the message to all all people from any type of perspective or background is a huge gift. So Dan North, Allianz Trade, North
1: America. Thanks very much, John. It's a very kind introduction and truly appreciate it. Um, So I want to look into 2024 a little bit and talk uh, about some of the things that are, you know, making it positive versus making it a little bit weaker. Um, But bottom line is we expect to see things, you know, about three quarters of near zero growth. Next year, skating around a recession. There's definitely going to be a slowdown. And I'll go into why that is. But I have been saying that for a while. Um, We spotted it early because we saw inflation flaring up um, in 2021. And we saw the Federal Reserve start raising interest rates in 2022. So these are the kind of things that can derail an economy. So we started looking at it early, started seeing those fundamental things acting on the economy, and then they showed up in some of the measures, the speedometer of the, of the economy as well. In a sense, we're not surprised that it's not here yet. For instance, one of the indicators I look, to, I look at a lot is called the yield curve. And it's just the difference between short-term and long-term interest rates. And usually long term rates are higher than short term rates. It makes perfect sense if you're going to lend money for 10 years, you'll demand a higher rate than you will for three months. Mm -hmm. That's almost always the case, except times like this when the Federal Reserve is jacking up those short term interest rates to the point they become higher than long term interest rates and a recession always follows. Well, there's a time lag involved there. So when that yield curve, Goes negative, that is, that relationship inverts between long and short term rates, it gives us about a three to five quarters warning. Well, it went negative last September. Here we are in October. It's not surprising that we haven't had a recession kick in yet, or at Mm -hmm. least a slowdown. And it could be, you know, maybe six quarters. So that's into next year. So we spotted it early. But you know there's a lag between a lot of between these indicators and when it actually gets here. Another thing to think about is, well, why haven't these interest rate hikes that the Federal Reserve has been uh, been doing, why haven't they had the effect that they we said they would? A way to look at it is if they hadn't been raising interest rates, inflation uh, would still be would still be growing. And the economy would be growing even faster than it is now. So in a sense, those interest rate hikes have helped tamp things down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there's a little bit more to it. During the pandemic era, interest rates were, were extremely low. You know, Near 0% was the federal funds rate. And during this time period, a lot of corporations locked in financing at near zero rates. To the point where their net interest payments are at a record low now. So they locked in at low rates and they're saying, hey, go ahead, raise interest rates all you want. Doesn't affect us. We locked in you know, a fair amount at very low rates. Same thing with households, with mortgage holders. So during that period of very low interest rates and mortgage rates, 14 million mortgages were written. That's about 17% of all that is sitting out there. Again, very low rates. So people holding mortgage are like, sure, Fed Reserve, go ahead, raise rates all you want. Refis,
0: people yeah. refi
1: Refis and purchases. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, So they're saying, go ahead, Fed, raise all you want. I'm locked in. So the typical channel, the f- typical mechanism that uh, rate increases uh, you would usually have. Are somewhat more muted now. Okay, won't be won't be forever, but that's one of the, those are that's one of the reasons was locking in long term debt at very low rates.
0: Well, can I jump in there? I think sure. if you look at the mortgage industry, you know, from about 2010 on, you could argue it was a 40, 50 year record low throughout that period. I don't I don't know of any other time in history in this country that interest rates were that low for that long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you?
1: Oh, no, no, certainly not. Um, At the great, during the great recession, interest rates were set by the Federal Reserve to, you know, basically zero. And then they raised those rates back up, but that sent them back to zero during the COVID crisis. And Mm -hmm. that's when, uh, that's, when interest rates all across the board, especially mortgage rates and corporate rates were extremely low as well. So that's where, you know, more so than the previous period you were talking about. So that's that's what's kept the usual effect of rising interest rates from working as well as it might have. Fiscal policy, a lot of spending out of Congress is, uh, you know, is helping boost the economy. So the Federal Reserve and the federal government which is Congress are kind of at, um, at at you know across purposes there so those are a couple of the reasons but uh, consumers had a whole lot of excess savings from those pandemic fiscal stimuluses had they had they had they passed well they got all out of these checks created excess savings, which they've been using to spend, and that's almost all drawn down now. So yeah. that extra boost that consumers have had is just about gone. Not only that loss of excess savings, but the resumption of student loan repayments. Now, this isn't going to be a big hit, but it's going to be, you know, it's it's going to be there. So students or people who had, had gotten a break From repaying those loans, had more money, and we're spending it. Well, the ability to spend that's gone now as well. Means that basically people are gonna have less money to spend. And again, consumption, people spending money, that's about 70% of all economic activity. So the consumer is, you know, consumer drives things. So with the drop-off in income, what are consumers doing to spend? Well, they're starting to take on credit card debt pretty rapidly, um, and they're taking on credit card debt at an average rate of about 21% per annum. I mean, this is, you know, mm. uh, this, mm.
0: that's yeah. not a good recipe.
1: No, it's not. And in some cases, depending on your uh, FICO score, it's getting up towards 30%, which, uh, you know, I don't know how you can do that it's not a good thing and as a result of that we're starting to see a sharp increase in defaults on credit cards and an increase in loan uh, auto loans as well that's not a good formula looking forward uh, as you meant as you as you said people have no rely on credit cards and defaults increasing and speaking of defaults that's our business correct yeah. What we do is we have clients who sell goods and services to another business and they hope to get paid back in 30 or 60 or 90 days, but they run the risk that that business they sold to will get into trouble and won't be able to pay them back or just will pay them, drag out the payment so long that clients say, Hey, you know, I'm filing a claim. The guy's not going to pay me. So we protect our clients against other businesses going bad, or I should say defaulting on the credit that they've been lent.
0: Correct. That's why and, that's the main reason why I I looked for you in the very first place, because you guys are the best at this. There's 5,500 employees globally, and this is what you do.
1: Right. That is that is exactly right, and we're the we're the world's leader in this. Uh, in this so season.
0: you're going to know exactly what's going on from a, a, an economic perspective more than anyone else, I would say. And you've been there for how many years? Twenty four now,
1: something like that. Yeah, more than I'd care to admit.
0: Well, um, I mean, you're twenty nine with twenty four years of, of experience there, right?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> me too. But how long is it going to take us to get the the wheel of momentum going again and for things to become positive?
1: Well, we think it's going to be something like three quarters. Um, since the end of World War II. the average recession has lasted 11 months, let's say. Um, and all of the recent recessions, if you will, were all accompanied by a Federal Reserve raising interest rates and a second imbalance. So the previous one, the Great Recession was due to that meltdown in the subprime uh, mortgage market and the housing market in general. And then you go back to 2000, 2001, that was the dot-com bust. And before that was a savings and loan crisis. Um, And before that was super high inflation, much more than we have now. The ones before that were pretty dramatic energy crises. So each of them had uh, a Fed that was raising rates and an extra imbalance. Right now, at this moment, we don't see that extra imbalance yet. So that's why we would think that uh, a recession, that's why we're actually calling it uh, a downturn, near 0% growth, because we think it's going to be pretty shallow without that extra imbalance.
0: So you uh, think you think later in 24, like third to fourth quarter in 24, we'll start to see some reprieve from uh, an interest rate perspective, probably, as long as we don't have a second imbalance pop up to irritate and push us further, correct?
1: That's right. That's right. And man, have we had a lot of things that have gotten really close to being an imbalance, like the banking crisis. Earlier this year, that has now turned into sort of banking concerns. And then we've had the Ukraine Russia war, and now we've got another war in the Middle East, spikes in energy prices. Um, you know, there's been a, a number of things sitting out there. Oh, you know, our government, our House, basically, House of Representatives, unable to do anything for weeks, unprecedented um debt ceiling showdown we've had a lot of things that could have run us off the rails um so it's it's entirely possible that something like that will still come up i do want to mention uh a couple more things here john you know i was talking about defaults and how much we're experiencing it
0: oh yeah Um,
1: on a nationwide basis nationwide the amount of bankruptcy filings is now up 23% year over year. And for all of this year, we expect it to be up almost 50%. And then 15% next year. Well, that sounds disastrous. And in percentage terms, it is disastrous. 40, 50%, holy cow. Well, it's off a small base. So it really only gets us back to levels that were already historically pretty low. But it does mean you are going to see increases, increasing defaults and bankruptcies. And I think you were mentioning that uh, right at the top in the trucking industry, right?
0: Yep. We're seeing, I think there were over 600 companies that went out the first six months of the year. And I I think they're slated to be more. But again, we're in a supply and demand economy, right? So we're we're seeing the attrition, uh, you know, from a rate of you know it, it's grown exponentially uh, everybody's hung in there I think they can but long term I don't know what the big picture is going to be so I look for you to tell me when do we see some reprieve
1: <laughs> well I think it's going to be a little while and I'll mention one last thing that's that's in our way or uh, time wise before we get there which is the upcoming holiday season
0: continue watching on the next episode of the stay in your
1: lane podcast